I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Eden. Hi, Ioni. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni. I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Polyester and the author of Poor Little Sick Girls. And I'm Eden, and the managing editor of Polyester and the co-host of this podcast. This is the Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. We pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. Before we get started, please like, rate, review, and subscribe. Ioni, do we have any reviews? We do. Five stars, fun and vibrant. I recently discovered this podcast and it's been so fun to listen to. I enjoy how they get straight to the point and it's not an hour long. I'm not sure if there's a transcript on Spotify or Apple Podcasts because sometimes it's hard to understand the accent with that like emoji that's a smiling crying face. That is by Winnie Perez in the Philippines. Thank you. Thank and you. And it's also very understandable. We are working on transcripts and they should be on our website very, very soon. Mm-hmm. And our website is redesigned. So you should look at it because it's, it's bloody lovely. It really is. Okay. Today, a new core has swept the world <laughs> when will the cars stop they will never stop this is just life now okay <laughs> you've got to get on board i kind of love it though yeah i'm into it if i I'm see this one, one on our instagram like stop coreifying everything <laughs> we don't make the cause i would love to invent a core but no we just report on also it's happening before they just didn't call it a core they called it like a trend or yeah exactly yeah, shut up. Old man shakes fist at cloud. <laughs> Today we are talking about bloatcore. Eden, what is bloatcore? Bloatcore is mainly like an American trend where you basically dress like you like football. Uh, so a In lot of football England. shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wear soccer. like yeah, soccer. Um, you wear like niche, like fucking west ham 2003 strips with like jeans and it's like emulating the style of like someone's dad in like 2003 (laughs) so where did the trend start do you think i think it definitely i mean people football and fashion are like really closely linked and i think it's it's very interesting but i think this trend started on tiktok when american teenagers started like i guess not appropriating but appreciating like english culture like english football culture um so maybe like a year ago so it's not just so there's this article on um vice the rise of bloke core the football inspired trend by reese thomas and he is saying bloke core isn't all about the clobber on tiktok you'll also see videos of pints being sunk and slideshows 
of kebab shops and curry takeaways accompanied by music by bands like the Jam and the Rolling and the Rolling Stones, the Stone Roses, or occasional bangers from the streets, Orbital and Underworld. It's a weird melding of working class lad and more general British culture, the kind of stuff your mate's Gen X dad might be into. I feel like it's like so English as well, or so British, like they just don't really have that in America. I don't really know much. I feel I don't really know much, but from my perspective, class structures are very different in America. And I think mm-hmm. like working class culture in the UK has such a strong, not aesthetic, but a strong uh, vibe, I guess. So it's kind of like appreciating that. Yeah. And it's like, there isn't, well, A, the most, what's the word? The most baseline of this is that there's not really pub culture in the States. Like there's bars and it's there's true. dive bars and there's mm-hmm. stuff like that. And there's definitely like similar sporting cultures with American football and basketball and stuff like that. But um, it's also different because American sport is very intertwined with education, Mm. the university system there, scholarships, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas the UK is obviously not. So I feel like it's just a different approach. We have kind of different approaches to sports. Like here, you're likely to support a team if you grew up with them, if your parents mm-hmm. supported them, or where you live if like you don't have a family that's into sports. Whereas in America, often it's that you like go to the uni or the same, mm-hmm. like your hometown, or you go to the uni where I mean I might just be chatting shit. I've only watched like American teen American teen dramas. What's the Riverdale quote where like um Archie is like, you'll never know the highs and lows of high playing school college football. football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think they're like the the, the way they appreciate sports or, the, or like the way that their class structure is set up is so different from the UK's in terms of like who you support and stuff. Like, you said, and it's like, also you just to that, like the culture kind of in the UK around football grows around the game like it's not built into the game right so it's not like about the cheerleading chance that they have in America or like Mm -hmm. um, going to a stadium necessarily it's more about like how you celebrate it the chants that are like fan-led or like mostly and fan-created and yeah kind of intergenerational in that way as well like it's passed down through families yeah Um, but it's not obviously we wouldn't just be talking about this if it was boys dressing in football clothes because it's not really our niche. Um, <laughs> boys and football, <laughs> not very poly- polyester. The girlies are getting into blokecore and specifically mm-hmm. celebrity girlies. Um, we have Bella Hadid who is giving blokecore in many of her little get ups. Yeah. And yeah, what is she wearing? I haven't even seen any pictures. I mean, she's got the the like <laughs> the like British girly going to the football vibe, like the slicked mm-hmm. back bun, the big baggy football strip, like the the big jeans. It's really bizarre to see her dressing like that. Yeah, it's like uncanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. It's like it, yeah, it's like you're literally dressing like a girl in the UK. But also 10 years ago in this way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like, you go. No, no, no. I just, like, I guess it all ties into, like, the Y2K trend and, like, harking back to, like, the noughties trend. But, yeah, it's just, like, really bizarre to see Bella Hadid looking like that. 
So this is something that I wanted to talk about as well, because, yeah, it's obviously in some way linked to the Y2K trend revival. Everyone is trying to look like things from 15 to 20 years ago in like some sort of way, whether it's like indie sleaze or bloke or, or whatever, whatever, mm. whatever. Um but I think this is like the term bloke caught when we then associate it with like traditionally very femme women um, mm-hmm. really reminded me of Ladette culture. EW yeah. had to talk to us about Ladette culture. Those are the days. <laughs> See, I guess it came out of like the late 90s, early 90s phenomenon when women ruled supreme. So they were boisterous, bolshy and boozy. Um this is from another thing from Vice, The Rise and Fall of the Ladette, which was published in 2017. So it's like, uh, it was they kind of like presented a whole new way of being female. So the, 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 the Ladette was mouthy, up for a laugh, took her clothes off and could outdo any male companion in the drinking stakes. Uh, so it took like the old stuffy gender model where the man went out boozing and the woman patiently waited up and flipped it. So women were in the pub. They were taking the piss out of men. They were... What's the like quote from Peep Show where they go into the men, the women's toilets and it's like really I'm horrible. Are you not? Oh my God, no. no way. There's like a quote in Peep Show where, they, where Mark and Dobby go into the uh, women's toilets and it's like really gross. And Dobby's like, yeah, it was all really nice in here. And then feminism happened and we just started all pissing on the floor. It's like that, <laughs> that kind of vibe. Like we're just going to be just as bad as men. We're going to go out. The long and the short of it is, it is Eden yeah. Young. <laughs> I'm reviving Ladette culture. One one fucking shift in the pev at a time. <laughs> one pint of Guinness at a time. <laughs> yeah. um, it's true. It's so, true. like, if you want to think of celebrities, it's like Katie Price, it's um, Jodie, what's her last name? Jodie Marsh. Yeah, Jodie Marsh. Denise um, Van Outen. Denise Van Outen. Ashleen from Big Brother, if anyone oh, remembers her. Love her. Love her. Um, it's like women that were still traditionally like very, um, quote unquote, like glamorous, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like they were page three girlies, a lot of them essentially, like they had boob jobs, they were, um, had acrylic nails, like had perfect hair, makeup, face, Mm -hmm. whatever. But then they behaved in this way that was very traditionally unfeminine. Um, the term is thought to have been coined by FHM in 1994 and it definitely was a huge, it was hugely bolstered by the men's magazine industry of the time, like Page yeah. Three, FHM, Nuts, etc., etc., etc. All of these kind of soft porn magazines, and it wasn't complimentary. Like now, we can look back at these icons and be like, "They're iconic," blah 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 yeah. blah. But it was really something that was like used against this group of people to like ostracize mm-hmm. them within culture to make them seem like intellectually inferior basically stupid to make them also seem like they were out of control that they didn't deserve respect etc 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 um but yeah I think there's definitely some interesting parallels because like the legacy of Ladette culture or like perhaps what people did find endearing about these women at the time was the relatability of it. Like it was like women weren't pretending anymore to be perfect or Mm. to like be well behaved or that they, their fun was like very different from male fun. It was like anyone can do that kind of thing. And it's like, 
it's definitely something that's always like since we have been alive so coming on to 30 years has always existed in British culture to our knowing right like Mm -hmm. it's never really gone away Ladette culture we just kind of stop being cunts about it like remember every year there's these pictures at the races like Ascot or Cheltenham Mm. or whatever where it's like the ladies on a wild one and they're like fascinators have fallen off they've got one shoe off they're pissed out their head um all the like renaissance paintings that come out from the north like in daily mail articles of like Mm. women splaying over the pavement Yeah. yeah like all of this stuff so it definitely speaks to like the hedonism of then and now that we're trying to get it back like that we're looking at bloke core but it's really interesting because bloke core seems whereas the debt culture probably was considered and like they knew what they were doing with this part of it probably was from being like a young woman from a not upper class background like not an aristocratic background who like hadn't been around wealth a lot who was getting into wealth or their own like independent money and like was not ashamed about what they did with it do you know what I mean yeah yeah it's it's people that are like just behaving exactly how they want because it was often like like you said like models or uh like pop stars like I guess Sarah Harding would probably be considered Mm, Sarah Harding she was like yeah she was like going out getting wild and like women that were like presenters on tv and on the radio uh people like Sarah Cox and stuff like that as well like women that yeah were kind of like making it their own way in the entertainment industry then could just do whatever the fuck they want and it's so interesting because like literally all of those examples do fit a specific um aesthetic archetype of like blonde skinny like Mm -hmm. all of these like then you go into like their loud mouth their whatever but they are on paper like a man's fantasy do you know yeah. what I mean? Like a yeah. stereotypical patriarchal man's fantasy. And then it was like, this was a way of, like they were conforming to that in many ways, but also rejecting it through that attitude, which made um, men, the media industry, etc., very resentful of them. Yeah. Like you said about Ascot, people love to see like the spectacle of like unachievable femininity unravel. Yeah, and it's like such a double standard because you don't get that when it's like 18-year-old middle-class kids going to Glastonbury or whatever. You don't get like carnage, la, 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 la. Yeah. It's like because they're like often working class women and it's their like one of their one days to like fully, you know, it's an occasion to get dressed up, to mm-hmm. doll up, to go out and to like let loose. It's like, no, you're not allowed that. Like you're not allowed yeah. to like come into our culture. Yeah, well, people and see working it. class glamour as like they see it as something like grotesque almost, yeah, or something to laugh at. Like, mm-hmm. I think I don't, I, th- I can't remember if I was talking to you about it the other day. Like the way that like travelers are treated and stuff like that, who are like the most glamorous yeah. like women on earth. But people, because they're travelers, people see them. They just they think it's like something they can criticize. But if that was on like a a wealthy woman, you wouldn't be saying that at all. No, hundred percent not. Yeah, it's like we expect working class people to try hard, but not too hard. And I, I'm exactly I've probably spoken about this before. How um, lightly cynical I am of Hun culture because I wonder how much of it is voyeurism versus like genuine appreciation for those women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like voyeurism and mockery versus like genuinely respecting or growing up with or still loving that culture. You know? Yeah. What is Hun culture for those that don't know? 
Han culture is basically the same thing, but now in a very different way. It's like working class women that are glamorous that can be very easily memed. So like um, Emma Collins is one. Um, Denise Welch is another one. Ruth Holmes, like she's rich, but anyway. Who else is like a really, like Stacey Solomon, Han, like through and through. Alison Hammond. Alison Hammond, big Han. It's like a very British thing. Um, and a British set of humour where, like, these women do things that are, like, quote-unquote iconic mm. to, like, largely white cis gay men. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the use of the word mother is becoming oh, a question. That's another episode. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Um, so... But what's really interesting about this is like when we're talking about bloke chorus, it's basically the inversion of Ladakh culture. Whereas this was like mm-hmm. working class or like, you know, women that weren't brought up wealthy then getting. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In a taste of money, it's now celebrity is trying to invoke relatability by wearing these clothes and performing these actions. So... Mm -hmm. Another prime example, which I'm sure we all saw, was Kim Kardashian in a British pub for St. Patrick's Day having Mm. a Guinness and a baby Guinness. Is it called a baby Guinness? I've never had one in my life. Baby Guinness. Oh my God, you'd love one. What is it? It's it's uh, Kahlua and then Bailey's. It's like floated on top. So yeah, it's like a little pint of Guinness. Yeah, it's delicious. Though it's a fucking Um, nightmare to make. Yeah, but... (laughs) You gotta like when I was a put, get a spoon and like float the Baileys on the spoon. Like it's really what? fiddly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a teenager and I was like nicking my mum's booze out of the cupboard to go and drink, 
one of the worst days of that period of time for me was I mixed Bailey's with like a spirit. I don't even know what it was. And then by the time I got to my friend's house or whatever, obviously in like a 50p lemonade bottle, it had all separated and I still drank it. Curdled. It's the same day you met Michael Sarah. It's not the same day I met Michael Sarah. Um, (laughs) Can we not bring that to the podcast, please? That is Discord only. If you want to hear about me meeting Michael Sarah, you have to pay to be a member of Polyester. My biggest Enjoy shame. Join our Discord for the, the most shameful moment of my life. It's not shameful. Um, you don't know the story. Okay. You didn't reply. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Kim Kardashian went to the pub. She was actually on a trip with, I think it was Saint, um, one of her sons, either Saint or Sam. I think it was Saint, though, because Sam's the youngest, right? You won't know, Eden. Do you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's North Chicago, Saint Sam, isn't it? No, I think it's North Saint Chicago Sam, isn't it? Is it? No, oh. I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so Kim came here on a trip with some of her, like, mummy friends um, to watch Arsenal. It was Arsenal, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was Arsenal. Yeah. Because yeah. I keep Americans love Arsenal for some reason. Yeah, I was about to say it's loads of Americans yeah, they do. Arsenal. Yeah. Strange. Um, so she came to watch Arsenal, she got to like meet the team. Um, and then she went to a pub on St. Patrick's Day and drank some Guinness and it went viral everywhere because it was just like normal pub goers in the pub kind of like yeah. taking a picture of her, etc. 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 Going back to the like how it takes some sort of cultural nuance to understand British culture in all of her like captions for the trip. She put like soccer mom, which is just not a culture here. (laughs) No, it's not (laughs) like are just some things that don't cross over. But yeah, yeah, she also took photos in like a red British telephone box in London. Um, Who, who like who in the world uses them apart from like, I don't think they're linked up anymore. Are they not? No, I, I, don't think, like, I don't think most of them are in London. Yeah, it's like it's sometimes just like drug dealers use. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> using them. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah but it's again, it's this appropriation of working class, not the film, but it's the working class, but like working class British culture. Um, yeah, to like court relatability. But mm-hmm. what is so interesting about that, like one phone picture of Kim is that she literally does just look like every girly in the pub on a Friday yeah. night. Like it's interesting that once you remove what we know to be trappings of wealth, so like the clothes, the Calabasas mansion, mm-hmm. whatever, and then implant her into somewhere, she literally just could be like another girly and pretty little thing or boohoo so having a true. drink. Yeah. Like her blow dries no better than any of the like Scouse girls blow dries. Her makeup's not any better than any of their makeup. Like she looks like one of them. Exactly, yeah. When you change the setting, her her aesthetic suddenly seems, like, achievable, almost. Yeah, or just, like, run-of-the-mill, or, like, yeah. not aspirational, basically. Like, it's yeah, not aspirational. She's just as glam as, like, your sister's mate going to the pub, like, on a Friday night. Because the girl exactly. is dressing up, yeah. Exactly, yeah doing it well and like but also maybe that's another um like um difference between the states and the uk in that like lots of people don't like the kardashians here 
but I would say that's for more like intellectual snobbery reasons mm-hmm. whereas like maybe there is a more clear divide in America of like the Kardashians and then other celebrities do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's not as if they're like do you know they're not Julianne Moore <laughs> I don't know what she's made to my head I, I, mean, not, I love like, Julianne Moore <laughs> like, yeah 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 um, you know, no, and that's not a diss. Like, you know, I have a place in my heart for the Kardashians, a very mm. small place. But um, yeah, it's really interesting. But then what's even more interesting is that Eden linked me to a tweet by at fantasy underscore snack. And it was, of course, all filming for the Kardashians show. So whereas the yeah. pub looks like heaving St. Patrick's Day pub in the photos that went viral that also weren't taken by her, which is another interesting thing. Like she didn't go viral for her own imagery of it. Mm. She went viral because of the like um, civilians there. Um, but yeah, it was all for the Kardashians. There's about 10 people in the pub. It just looked really busy when yeah. it wasn't because there's a whole lighting cameras. set up. There's a camera, there's like a boom mic. Yeah. So it's like the, the Instagram where it looks like she's just a girly. Cause when I first saw it, I was like, what the fuck? Why is Kim Kardashian in a pub? Like, imagine be imagine working and Kim Kardashian walks in I just thought it was like a no she was out on like a normal night out yeah no that's never no. the case with the Kardashians well there's, there's no normal night out there. if you're a celebrity right like I just that's genuinely true. believe that like there's no if you're that level of celebrity like she can't really come to London and just walk about especially in central London because yeah she would just be mobbed yeah, I think, were they in Soho? I think they went to see something in Soho and then they were in some Oh, yeah. Soho, exactly. Like, how are you going to walk around Soho? Like, yeah. I nearly fainted when I saw Michelle Visage in Soho once. <laughs> She's so stunning in real life. Her face is, like, the most perfect face I've ever seen. <laughs> it was when she was in um, whatever, Jamie, you know, the musical. Oh, about yeah, the yeah. Gay, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was in it. Um, no way. Yeah, I think what's interesting is so Kim's obviously doing the reverse, like the class reversal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uno, class Uno. (laughs) I feel like Bella Hadid is doing something else, which speaks more to like people our age that are adopting bloke core, Mm -hmm. which is like, uh, in inverted commas, fashionable people, people that like uh, intellectually robust in inverted commas, like they think they have good taste, they think they have this, and then the pub it's not even that it's ironic, but they just think it's like a cool thing. Like yeah. I'm talking Goldsmith students. I'm talking mm. like students, men, women, and non-binary people that I'm not sure if like the queer community is involved in bloke court, to be honest. Mm. Um, it's very straight coded. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like semi-ironic, but not ironic because there's nostalgia tied up in it potentially, but also they probably didn't go to the pub as a kid because, they were probably more likely to be like shooting birds or whatever posh people do. <laughs> yeah. If you have to spend a Sunday sleeping on coats, drinking a J2O while your parents are in the pub, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, yeah. It's this, it's this, uh, like I work, I work in a pub. I work in like an old man's pub and uh, people come in all the time and you can tell that they don't fit in. They don't belong there. That It's not natural for them to be there, but they're trying so hard to be there. They're like, okay, Guinness. It's like, ugh. <laughs> it winds me up. I'm like, you don't belong there. But it's like class tourism in another yeah, way. class tourism is. Um, yeah, it's like, it, it's also got very close ties to gentrification, I think. Like, yeah. this happens a lot in gentrified areas. So yeah, for example, like, even the fact that, 
there's like an old man's pub and obviously Manchester is like a hugely like metropolitan area, blah, 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 started as a working class area. So it's obviously going to attract that kind of person who wants to like make peace with gentrification. Also, I say this as someone that lives in a gentrified place. Okay. So, but I don't really go to the pub that much. So make of that what you will. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, University of Goldsmiths is in New Cross, which has, of course, been like really gentrified recently. Um, and it's, yeah, this kind of friction between the people that have lived there for like the past century, really, mm-hmm. and have remained there. And probably like their dad went to the pub and their granddad went to the pub and like they know everyone in the pub to then like the student that's doing a undergrad in philosophy. Yeah. And wears a tote bag. Yeah. Where <laughs> five of them come in and they all order the same fucking drink and they all don't know how to do a round. Yeah. Really winds me up. <laughs> I feel like that's what Bella's doing rather than like, I think Kim's just doing it to be like, oh, quirky girl on holiday. <laughs> do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, I feel like Bella's doing it in this like semi-ironic, I'm relatable, I know what is cool and what is not way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. And I feel it's maybe not, that much of a thing in America but I, th- I think in this country people are so desperate to not seem middle class that they will do anything to seem working class mm-hmm. and going to the pub is the easiest thing you can do really I guess yeah. Um, 100% yeah um so yeah it's a weird one but when I was thinking about it Oh, and, like, before we go on, like, obviously, Bella Hadid has not just, like, plucked this from her brain and thought it was, like, a cool look. Mm. Um, There are designers that align with football culture, like Wales Bonner, um, who does that in a really amazing way. Balenciaga, loads of, like, sports brands, you know, loads of sports brands collaborate with high fashion brands for this very reason. Like, Adidas have a long-standing club with Gucci, like, all of these types of things. Like, it's not unknown that this happens but it's interesting to consider like the social implications which I thought it was so interesting like when I was thinking about this today I was on a panel earlier this week about the housing crisis with Kieran Yates whose book comes out soon it's really amazing and it's kind of about like the de-evolution of social housing in the UK but Ledet culture was kind of around the same time as Asbo culture, like Asbos yeah. were happening, right? So Asbos and stuff. Chavs, Asbos yeah. were all a thing where like the government was essentially cracking down on antisocial behaviour, which was working class behaviour. So you couldn't wear like a hoodie in a shopping centre. Yeah. Um, you couldn't loiter. Like I can't even remember the rest of the Asbo rules. Um, obviously they disproportionately affected like people of color and people from work in working class communities, because especially on social housing, like so much of that is about like congregating in social housing yeah. and like around it, because you don't have that much space for yourself anyway. It's all about being kind of outside. But now we are seeing this happen again. Like mm-hmm. just as bloke core is coming up, Keir Starmer is pushing like anti- anti-social like rhetoric around like that he gets it ruins his day when he hears when he can smell weed in the street or whatever the fuck he's saying and that like he's gonna crack yeah and that he's gonna like crack down on anti-social behavior like it feels so reminiscent of Mm -hmm. this time yeah think of the bigger picture guys like is that really is that really the most important thing to solve really (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's yeah exactly it's like Kids such a but also it's like okay so the 
the Conservatives have obviously done their very best to absolutely scapegoat like immigrants and refugees. So then Labour, for some reason, have decided, oh, we need something else. We'll tackle like antisocial behaviour and youth culture. Yeah. Um, it's truly mind boggling, like especially when, yeah, when we look at the stats, social housing is being reduced. We've just come out of a pandemic, like we're in a tail end of a pandemic where, you know, we were all shut. We weren't allowed to socialise. Like there's air pollution, there's climate crisis, there's like... The teacher's striking, so maybe just pay the teachers more and then everyone can go to school and they can hang out in school rather than, like, not. So all the kids are off school and that's maybe why they're sitting in their park. Like, But, yeah, I would go as far to say, like, bloke-core, Ladette culture, etc. is a huge dog whistle for, like, a return to neoliberalism. Yeah. That never really went away, but it's in, like, straight-in-your-face neoliberalism. We hate poor people. We will call them chavs. But as long as you have a like, as long as you have the Adidas Sambas and as long as you have the tote bag, then, you know, you're allowed to like football. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're just doing a bit of clusters and that's fine. But if you're a kid hanging out on some estate wearing a football shirt, you're going to no. get banged up. You're going to get an, whatever Keir Starmer's equivalent of an Asbo is. <laughs> I Which remember I like, when think. Asbos were a thing, everyone was like trying to get one. It was like exactly. competition, like, like you got an ass vote? I got an ass vote. <laughs> this is what Karen was saying. Like, people are going to start collecting them, like, whatever Keir Starmer's doing, like, as badge of honours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck that guy. Fuck Keir Starmer. Get me an ass vote now. Yeah, get me five. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think it's important, like, a, an important way to wrap up because these things can just seem like silly trends. Mm. For people, they are deeper than that. But overall, it does kind of speak to a mood of the nation, lol, or of what politicians are trying to peddle to us Mm -hmm. which is like a certain type of person is wrong unless you present in this way yeah like you can pretend to be working class but if you actually are working class you're gonna suffer exactly what's that quote that's like my something is not your something (laughs) my My, um it's not your costume yeah, my culture is not your costume stop going to the pub in a football shirt and pretending you're working class is my <laughs> ending note that's our ending note yeah. thank you Eden thanks Ione thank you Olivia for editing I know you're going to have a field day with this one she's going to gonna love it, it. <laughs> to all of the listeners thank you to Gina and Gina Charlotte Hattie, Misha and Grace. We'll be back on Thursday with the last in the coach series and we'll speak to you later. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Presson Falsies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.